So I wanted to know how many cheeseburgers I've lost in weight. So whenever I would post how much weight I've lost, I'd be like, oh, this is equivalent to X amount of cheeseburgers or something. And um, hang on, I'll just let you know how many I've lost. 432 cheeseburgers. This is the Begin Within podcast, where we believe real, lasting health and fitness requires you to start inside before you work out. I'm your host, Nate Slegger, and I'm here to show you behind the scenes of fitness. You already know exercise is good for you, but what about all the other things in life that affect your fitness? If you're looking for extra motivation to get started or to make sure you keep going, this is the place for you. Produced by BeginWithin.fit If you are working on getting healthier, losing weight, improving your fitness, whatever it is, but you have this feeling that you should be getting better results... You're just not sure what you might be doing wrong. Well, I want to tell you, you are not alone. And that is the very reason why I wrote my latest book, Five Ways You're Wrecking Your Weight Loss, so that you can take a look at five of the most common reasons I see that people aren't getting the results that they deserve for all their hard work. Just five really quick fixes that can get you headed toward the results that you want. Check it out. You can download it by going to beginwithin.fit, clicking on the ebook button, or clicking on the link in the show notes. Check out my book. Let me know what you think. My guest today is Natalie Moore from the UK. She is here talking about her journey of losing over 100 pounds and 432 cheeseburgers on her own health and wellness journey. Here are a few things that I want you to listen for as you enjoy my interview with Natalie. Uh, First and foremost, listen for what it was that got her got her going, really moving. She's going to share with you that, that one thing that kind of just flipped the switch for her and she never looked back after that. Um, Listen for that. We'll talk about that after the interview a little bit more because I think that's where so much of of the 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 value that that she shared in the interview at least that we can take and we can apply. Here are a couple other things that are so beautiful. It's just precious little gems that that you can keep for your own health, wellness, and weight loss journey. Um, Listen as she talks about the word hunger in the interview. We're going to talk about that. She talks about head hunger versus body hunger, and we dig into that a little bit. Listen closely for that and and some of her um, experience around cravings along with that as well. But that word hunger, I think kind of triggers our our conversation down that line. So listen closely when when we hit that. And then finally, 
you're going to hear throughout uh, with her journey in the beginning, and, and then we revisit it again at the end of the interview, is um, if you want to do something, you want to change something, consider all the options. And she's going to explain a little bit about what she means there. But do some research. Find a community. Those kinds of things. Um, and, and how she applied that. So um, enjoy my interview with Natalie Moore. It's Natalie and the Cheeseburgers. Because um, it's, so that Instagram account is all about weight loss and food I eat primarily. And I love cheeseburgers. And most people, when they have a slimming account or weight loss, they put like Natalie Weight Loss, Slimming World or VSG or whatever. Um, so I wanted to know how many cheeseburgers I've lost in weight. So whenever I would post how much weight I've lost, I'd be like, oh, this is equivalent to X amount of cheeseburgers or something. And um, hang on, I'll just let you know how many I've lost. Yeah, I was just going to ask, how many have you lost now? How many yeah, cheeseburgers? I'm just going to work out when I... 432 cheeseburgers or 32 so, yeah so that just helps me like put it into perspective like yeah. how much I've lost yeah awesome well congratulations on losing 432 cheeseburgers thank you thank you I'm pleased that's awesome so I, you're right if we kind of just jump in yeah that's fine yeah go ahead I'd love to just kind of hear about your your story like where you were at what ultimately got you into the journey of of improving your health and losing weight how did that all get started for you okay so i've been overweight for most of my adult life and it never really affected me like negatively um i've never been bullied for or i was never bullied for being overweight i never found that i couldn't find clothes to wear or clothes that i liked um i never had a problem forming relationships always had a boyfriend um so i never had any anything negative happened to me um, until um, it was seven years ago, my mum died. And obviously that's really sad. Um, and that affects me quite badly. And whereas I think I probably would overeat in the past, I really started to, I wouldn't, I don't think I was ever a I'd have described myself as a binge eater, but I would definitely overeat and I would have huge portions and probably just ate too much too often. Um, and it was all emotional eating. And it wasn't just when I was feeling sad or upset. It was if I was feeling angry or, um, or stressed out um, or, you know, or if I was really happy, like equally, I would want to celebrate. So it's like, Oh, I'm feeling really good. Let's, let's eat. And it would always be overeating. Okay. Um, but still my weight was never a problem. It, it, it never held me back from doing anything. I've always had, you know, good jobs, being really confident within myself. Yeah. And it was about five years ago, I started to become unwell. And I went to the doctors and the hospital. I had a series of tests over about six months. And it turned out I had this um, condition. It's called um, a colovesical fistula. And basically my bowel and my bladder are stuck together. Okay. Um, and it's not life-threatening or anything like that. It just affects the quality of life because it can be really, really painful. Okay. Um, and when it first happened, I was in a lot of pain for about six months. And the surgeon said, well, you know, you're quite young. The only way that we can stop this long-term is to operate and just sort of slice in between the organs and separate them. But there are risks associated with that because you are overweight. 
And it wasn't just that because I was overweight, my level of fitness wasn't where it needed to be. So my lungs and my heart weren't strong enough. When I went to see the anesthetist and um, I had some tests done, um, she was explaining that, you know, when you undergo major surgery, um, your heart and lungs behave as if you are running a marathon. So they're going under a lot of pressure. They'll be under a lot of stress. Okay. And at the moment, your level of fitness isn't where it needs to be. So there's the risk that you might go into cardiac arrest or something might happen. Um, but also because I was carrying a lot of weight around my stomach area, um, and that's obviously where the surgeon would have to open me up to operate. He was concerned that because there was so much fat around my middle that um, when he did the operation, um, he, he might have to remove part of my bowel and then that might lead to having a colostomy bag or something like that. And then the colostomy bag might not fit well because there's so much like, excess weight. Oh my, okay. Um, and then that might cause even more problems than you know what problems you might have from just having a colostomy bag. So that really, um, that was the first time I think I was ever really concerned about being overweight and about being unfit. So I started to work with the hospital and they were really supportive. Um, and in the UK, they, um, they, they do support you with weight loss um, and fitness. But it's to get to where I wanted to be, which was surgery, that would take years. So they start off by giving you, um, getting you signed up with uh, like a weight loss group. So in the UK, we have Slimming World and Weight Watchers. They're like the big ones. So you get a free membership for however many months and they they help you find local fitness classes and gyms and things like that um and for a few months I would email the nurse every day with how many steps I was doing because it was a minimum of 10,000 steps um how much exercise I was doing each week uh what sorts of things I was eating and it, it wasn't a like a strict diet at that point because I was going to the slimming club and that really helped having that support because it was intense it was every day and I was slowly losing weight um, and that was when I started going to aqua aerobics. Um, and then every couple of months, I'd go back to the hospital and have some more fitness tests to measure my lung capacity and like how strong my heart was. And it was really improving each time, which was really great. Yeah. Um, but I still wasn't losing enough weight, like quickly enough to have the operation. Okay. Um, and by this point, um, I think I've got quite a high tolerance to pain anyway. So I could put up with the, the side effects that I was getting from the fistula. And it would flare up every now and then, but I was just becoming used to it and it didn't okay. really impact me too much. Um, and then I suppose it's like with everything, like, I kind of like, I didn't lose interest with the healthy eating. It just became really difficult to maintain and stay focused on. Yeah. And because the, I was so worried about the effects of the operation, I decided to postpone it and just carry on with the healthy eating and trying to get fit. And then we'll come back to the operation because I wasn't desperate to have it. Um, I knew I, I need to have it eventually because I don't want to have these side effects. Yeah. Um, so I just kind of like lived with it. And then my weight just plateaued and I, I think life just took over and I just lost focus of, mm. um, you know, of trying to regain my health. And then the, the turning point was really um, about three years ago, I started a new relationship uh, with my my partner and he when I was telling him about the the fistula he was just amazed he was like why would you put up with something like that when you know what you've got to do to you know to resolve it 
and I didn't really think of it before and I've always thought of myself as someone who um you know like I said earlier I've got I've always had confidence and I've always equated that with like self-love and respect mm-hmm. for myself and caring about myself and actually now I know hindsight's a great thing I can look back and it's it's almost like I was neglecting myself like why would I just put up with this pain and just accept it as part of the norm of my everyday life when all I've got to do is I know it sounds easy you just got to lose some weight and get fitter then you can have the operation and lead like a healthy life um so yeah now I can see that I was neglecting myself and I don't know if that was because of um you know all the sort of feelings of um like you know sadness and guilt and loss from when my mum died like it was all those things kind of bottled up along with you know other things that happen in life um but that was like a really big turning point for me so with his support I did start doing healthy eating again really sort of watching what I ate um and exercising um and then it was in 20 at the end of 2019 um I saw someone on Instagram because I've always found Instagram like as a really supportive tool for health loss uh, for weight loss sorry and healthy eating and I saw someone that I follow um start posting about having weight loss surgery and I'd always thought weight loss surgery was just out of reach for me because so in the UK uh, to have weight loss surgery on the NHS you have to go through quite a lengthy process to get referred to get it for free and I always thought that private surgery would be far too expensive um, but I saw someone that I sort of knew through social media start documenting her journey and I became really interested and I started messaging her and then as I started like I sort of started googling and like trying to find out more about it I found out that it's something that isn't out of reach and actually um it's there's thousands and thousands of people in this bariatric community like in the UK alone um, on social media that I could talk to and find out about their experiences um so I started researching into it because I've always thought that weight loss surgery was really drastic and people would have Mm -hmm. it as you know it was like where like you see on tv people have weight loss surgery and they're um you know quite overweight and it's at the point where their weight is stopping them from doing things but because I've always been active like you know I've always yeah worked you know been able to walk around like I might get out of breath whilst walking up a massive hill or something but it's never stopped me doing anything so I always thought it wasn't really for me and then I found out actually this is something I could do so I started looking into it I started messaging this woman on Instagram to find out how she started the process um and yeah so then I just started some research um started following accounts reading about people's experiences reading blogs of how people got on looking at the pros and cons of weight loss surgery the different surgeries and then I started contacting um different hospitals and clinics just to get some quotes and to have some chats with their teams and I did speak to quite a few in the UK um but then I found out that Uh, when you're in the UK you hear about a lot of people they go to Turkey there's a huge medical tourism um, industry there um, to combine like a holiday with surgery or like get your teeth whitened or Botox or whatever so I started looking into going to Turkey um, and yeah again I contacted some clinics spoke to different people and with one of the clinics and I was speaking to a consultant um, she's British and she had her surgery at the, the clinic where I went um and she just answered all my questions 
reassured me and I just decided to book with them and go with them and to have it and she helped guide me through which surgery would be best for me based on my health what what I wanted to achieve what my eating habits were like um you know if if I had any eating disorders or anything like that which I, I didn't have um so yeah she advised me and then I I got it all booked um and I booked I think it was I think I booked it in March and it was to go at the end of May last year. And then with the pandemic and um, the UK, well, everywhere in Europe sort of saying, yes, you can fly here. No, you can't. Um, going on to like red alert, like countries are going yeah. on to red alert so you can fly into them. So Turkey was going into red alert. This was like on a Thursday. I remember it really well. So it was on a Thursday and it was on the news Turkey are going on to red alert next Wednesday we don't know for how long so you could fly to a red country but to come back into the UK you would have to quarantine in a special quarantine hotel for two weeks which was really expensive and you had to pay for your your tests and everything so the clinic said um because they have a lot of UK uh clients that go over um and the consultants and all the team are British um they said oh the surgeon it will do surgery on Sunday if anyone wants to come over. So me and five others said, well, we'll fly like Saturday. So sort of within 24 hours, we changed everything and got flights booked, um, had to pack. And this was a few weeks earlier. So I had plans this whole, you know, these are all the, my favorite things that I want to eat before I go so I don't miss out on them. And yeah, I didn't have any of that. It was just quick, let's go, let's do it. I had to ring my boss and just say, because I, I told my, like, I pretty much told everyone at work. I think I told everyone in my life about it. So I'm, I'm quite open and don't mind discussing it with people. So they were all aware that I had it booked in. And I was like, Max, I'm actually going to go tomorrow because, um, yeah, Turkey's going on to the red alert. So, it, you know, do you mind if I have two weeks off work? Really sorry, it's short notice. And he was really supportive. I'm like, no, it's fine. Oh, that's like, awesome. You know, just go. So, yeah, it was really exciting. So, yeah, it was like a whirlwind, just flew on the Saturday, met up with the five others. And we'd all been speaking in a group because the clinic puts you in a group with people if you're flying in the same month so you can get to know each other. Oh, nice. Um, and you can take people with you if you want to, but I just thought I'll just go you know, by myself. Um, so yeah, there was six of us and we flew. Um, by the time we got to the hospital, it was midnight in Turkey. And then we had to do all our pre-op tests. And then we had surgery on the Sunday. And because it was going on to red on Wednesday, we had to be back in the UK on Tuesday. So we were all hoping that we would be cleared to fly because if the surgeon said you're not well enough to fly, we would have to stay in Turkey right. an extra day. Normally you would stay for at least five days um, to recover and for them to check on you. But um, yeah, I was as soon as I woke up, they, they got us up walking about, checking and you know making sure we're okay. And it was fine. It was just... Um, I'm quite good with it. Like I said, I'm quite good with pain and the, it wasn't painful. It was just uncomfortable and a lot of gas inside. So yeah, but other than that, it was okay. And then, yeah, managed to take, had to take three flights home because there wasn't any direct ones. So that was quite uh, interesting and experience. Um, and yeah, came so, home on the So Tuesday. soon after surgery that you had to do all that traveling. Yeah. And, oh my. Yeah, so I had a gastric sleeve. So um, not that it was easier than like a bypass. When you have a gastric bypass, people tend to have a drain attached to them. Um, but I didn't have to have any of that. So a gastric sleeve is where you have about 80 to 85% of your stomach removed. So I've got like a tiny tummy now. 
um, it can hold about two to three ounces of food. So one of the things, again, so something that I see quite a lot of people say is, oh, you know, having weight loss surgery, that's just cheating. It's the quick way. It's the easy way. Um, just right. because you can afford to pay to have that done because you will lose a lot of weight quickly. And which is great. It's, it's, that's really encouraging because you see results quickly, like physically see results and you feel them quickly and you're able to start moving about quicker and walk for longer and exercise for longer without feeling as uncomfortable as when you were heavier. Um, but it is not easy. It's difficult. And I would you know, say to anyone that weight loss surgery is a fantastic tool just as going to the gym and using equipment is a tool or knowing that you're eating the correct foods, that's a great tool to have. Um, yeah, it's by no means easy. And it's it's been like such a ride the past year. I'm just coming up to a year um, and I've lost about 70% of my excess weight. So yeah, I've lost, I think 108 pounds and okay. I'd like to lose another 50, um, but I might not need to lose that much. I don't really have a goal weight. I just want to get to a point where um, I've lost all of my excess weight and then I'm feeling healthier um, and yeah so a lot of the um, struggles the well yeah. the things that I've struggled with um, well no not struggles sorry a fear I had before having the surgery um, so I wasn't worried about the operation itself it was am I going to be able to eat normally again am I going to be able to eat the foods I enjoy because for me food has always been a massive part of my life yeah. So even though I did used to overeat and emotional eats, not just when I was sad or upset, but when I was angry, I would eat. But also when I was really, really happy or excited, I would, I would always just turn to food for every like emotion. And I love you know going out for dinner. I love cooking for people. Uh, my partner and I both really enjoy cooking. So that's something we like to do together. Um, we always plan dinners. I, I just enjoy the whole ritual of food, thinking about food, going to buy the food, then cooking the food, eating the food. So I was like, oh no, you know, what's going to happen? Am I going to be able to do it? And part of my sort of research and talking to people is, yes, you can eat everything that you could. You just eat smaller portion sizes. So I was like, okay, that's fine. And when you first have weight loss surgery, you have to have a liquid diet for a few weeks as you, right. your body adjusts to having a smaller stomach. Um, and then you go on to like pureed foods, soft foods, and then you start introducing hard, hard foods again. And so from about month four to month eight, it was really hard because I was eating, trying foods that I used to love and my body would just reject them. I just couldn't tolerate them. And I found that really upsetting because like chicken is, you know, really versatile. It's really high in protein. Yeah. And yeah. I just couldn't keep it down. It was, and I was like, oh no, like what have I done to myself? Why have I had this surgery? Oh it's just not working out for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. But as my body has got more used to having a small stomach, I now understand what my portion size is. Um, I'm pretty much back to eating everything that I want to eat. Um, bread, don't really, can't really tolerate it. It gets really claggy and I don't like filling my stomach up with food that hasn't got nutritional value. Um, so I always try and prioritize, sorry, that's my cat meowing in the background. Um, oh, that's okay. We might have um, a dog barking here too at some point. So you're okay. fine. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, always try and try and prioritize like protein and then like veggies or salad, fruit. 
um, because protein's really filling, I find that if I eat, I don't know, like all of the chicken, I don't need to have the pasta, but I can still have, you know, pasta, rice, potatoes, bread if I want to, just not in a great quantity. Yeah. And that's yeah. enough. And it's the same as if it's someone's birthday, I can still have a slice of birthday cake, but rather than have a huge slice, I would now have a small slice. And it's nice just having, you know, like the taste and a few mouthfuls of something that, you know, you would deem like a treat food um, and still being able to enjoy everything like as normal. Um, so my body has adjusted to having surgery. My mind still hasn't. Um, I'll still have cravings for things. And I know it's all head hunger. It's not body hunger. Um, and in terms of like portion size, I'm quite good at that. At, gauging now like what the correct portion size is that I you know that I can eat um one thing that I have really learned I suppose over the past year yeah. um and it's come from trying to because I've, for most of my adult life I have you know been at a slimming club like Weight Watchers Slimming World where it's you can only eat this food with this and only this much with this or you can eat as much of this as you want and don't worry about calories or what nutritional benefits it's got um from yeah trying to get rid of all the the diet mentality and just think about what is healthy what does my body need like what fuel does it need rather than yeah do you know what do you see what I mean it's yeah, yeah it's mm -hmm. I don't, I'm not explaining it very eloquently um it's that's one thing I've I wanted to get from weight loss surgery was trying to rid the diet culture yeah like out of my mind and just focused on this is food like food isn't bad nor good it's just food and it's I just need to be aware of what I need to eat to give me energy and to fuel me and I remember um like when I was much younger, when I read Bridget Jones's diary for the first time, there's this really great bit in there where, cause she always documents like, oh, I'm on a diet and this is how much, I, and she weighs herself, you know, several times each day. And she made a comment, it was something along the lines of, um, you know, like I forgot that I need food to live because when you're on a diet, you think I can't eat this and I can't eat that. And you just stop eating or you really heavily right. restrict yourself. But it's like the body does need this to, to live. It's not, should I eat right. or should not eat? Like, yeah, you, you do need to eat. Um, need yeah. Could you tell me about the, you mentioned head hunger versus body hunger. Yeah. That concept. Really like, well, tell me what that means when you, when you say that, like, tell me more okay, about it. So, okay. So it'll be like, I get a craving. So um, if I'm watching, I don't know, TV and a character in a show is having pizza, I'll just suddenly think, do you know, what? I really fancy a slice of pizza. Okay. And, and I'll keep thinking about it. And my mind will really want this slice of pizza. And then we'll have pizza and I'll be able to have a slice. And then I'll be like, you know what? It's not that great. I didn't need it. The dough is all like claggy. It's filled me up too quickly. It's, it's not that great for me. Like if I was going to have a treat, I'd rather have a cake than a slice of pizza. Um, or it will just be a craving. Like I'll just feel like, do you know what? I really want some chocolate and then it's actually I've got an example of this so I went shopping food shopping the other day and I hadn't eaten like I think I was it was just before lunchtime so I should have had something really before I went food shopping had a list of everything we needed 
got everything on the list and then I was standing in front of the cakes and I was staring at them and I was looking at them and I'm very partial to coffee cake and so is my partner and I was just looking at it and in my mind I was really battling myself it was a real head versus heart moment of well just buy the cake because you can have a slice you can enjoy it versus you don't need the cake it doesn't matter that yes it's like you can have a treat but you don't need it you've got all these other things to eat you've got your meals planned out you're just buying it for the sake of it you don't want it it's yeah sorry it was a want not a need like yeah it's it's weird and I was just standing there like frozen just staring at this coffee cake you know oh it's only like three pounds it's like it doesn't matter it's three pounds you don't need it like your body does not need the sugar it's it's your mind like tricking you because you you like coffee cake and I was really pleased with myself I didn't buy it and I've had a few moments like that where I've come away and I thought like I'm really proud of myself because that's part of the old like emotional eating um and I'm never really well I'm like yin and yang with being harsh on myself I think when it comes to um with treat food and things like that I'm like oh just have it you know just a bite because you can only have a bite just have a bite it won't Mm -hmm. it won't matter but if I just had a bite every day for a month that's you know that might be the best part of a whole cake that I didn't need um so yeah it's it's really difficult head like head hunger really hard um I find that having a drink helps um so yeah have some water or coffee or something um or eat a pro something like with lots of protein so have some chicken or some cheese or some nuts and then that helps it go away do something Um, do something about it rather than just sit with it yeah yeah it's um yeah it's it's difficult yeah i feel like i think that i we all i i do and i'm sure a lot of people listening are going to relate to that kind of little battle going on um yeah so what tips do you have uh, in addition to like eating something, have, get some water or coffee, just kind of like distract your. Yeah. Well, I am, um, this isn't like my own tip. I read it the other day. Um, yeah. And because I've always thought it was, it was head versus heart. And then someone said, you need to bring your lungs into it as well. So you've mm. got your mind telling you one thing, your heart is feeling something, but just ignore both of those and listen to your lungs. Um, and, you know, breath work is really popular at the moment and being advocated everywhere. But it was just take a moment, like take a step back, ignore the head and the heart and just breathe and just be calm and like listen to your lungs and let your lungs win rather than the battle between your head and your heart. And I think that was really helpful because that was something I'd never thought of before. Um, yeah. And that's really helpful. Um, and also. I find like personally, whenever I do have a craving, it's not just me being greedy. There's going to be something behind that. So did I want this coffee cake? Because had I had a bad morning at work, was I feeling stressed or angry or anxious about something? Or was I upset? Or I find there's always something underneath that it correlates with. And I have noticed, particularly over the past few weeks, um, when I've been feeling stressed or angry, my immediate reaction is to go and eat something because that will make me feel calm. And it's like the rush of having something nice. But then you get the feelings of guilt afterwards. What I do is like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. And then 
my mind starts warring with itself because I think, well, why am I feeling guilty? Like you can eat this, yeah. but then yeah. it's like, well, I, I don't want to because I want to put more nutritional things into my body because I want to carry on losing weight and feeling fitter and improving my health. Mm. So it's, it's um, the, the physical side, if anything, of weight loss surgery is quite, for me, it's been quite straightforward. Once you get the first few months out of the way of your body adjusting, it's the, the mental side and the emotional side. It's really hard. And especially yeah, the emotional side in terms of um, like comparing your weight, like my weight loss journey with others. And it's really easy to say, oh, just don't compare yourself to anyone else. But with you know Instagram, other social media, it's everywhere. And on the whole, the bariatric community is really supportive um but you do get I think like in any community you get like the like the food police or something and some people will show this is what I've eaten for di- this is what I made for dinner and then this is how much I've managed to eat and they use that word this is what I've managed and with me I, I feel that has a real negative connotation because it shouldn't be this is what you've managed it's I don't know I think it has a negative impact on people like it does on me and I think you shouldn't be comparing what you can eat with other people because everyone's journey is different and everybody is different but it is still really difficult to stop comparing if someone is at the same stage as you and they've lost more weight and then but then that opens up a whole other can of worms I think about like body positivity and things like that because that's something that I find really polarizing to yeah um, to talk about and to have a firm opinion on I know. So your, your Instagram is, can we talk about it for a minute? Yeah. I I'm very drawn to it because I, I honestly, when I first came across you on Instagram, I was like, this, this girl, this woman is a chef. Like (laughs) that must be what she, what she does. (laughs) Cause you, you put so much intention into the meals. Is that, has that been part of the process for you or was that, was that there before, no, before I your weight it, loss? I had, I've had it before. I had it before, um, ever since I started the Instagram when I was following Slimming World. And because I just love food and think, like I said, I love thinking about it, looking at recipes. I love buying food, cooking it. I like presenting it. I like my food to look nice and appetizing. Um, and because everything that I eat, my partner eats as well. He just has a, a bigger portion size. I like it to look nice for him as well because it's just like a really nice thing to do together you know to eat together or for anyone you I just find yeah I just it's just something I enjoy doing I just and now that I make smaller portions it's like nouveau cuisine like it just looks really cute um like the small portions um and that was one thing I noticed when I started looking into um, bariatric surgery was that on a lot of people's profiles they were sharing photos of themselves and how they had physically changed um, in inches and weight and like pounds. But lots of people weren't showing what food they ate. And that was the bit I was interested in. I was like, well, what do you eat? Like on a day-to-day basis, um, lots of people share what they have in the liquid stage, puree, soft food. But when it came going back onto regular food, I was really curious as to what portion size and yeah, could you eat you know, normally, so to speak. So that's one thing I get a lot of um, 
like feedback on or compliments I suppose from other people on social media is that I do show yeah pretty much every day what I have for dinner um almost days just to show that you can have surgery and you can eat like a variety of foods like from different cuisines from all over the world um and enjoy it still and still lose weight and yeah get fit so yeah that's what I try to do and it's just something I enjoy and it's it's nice to see what other people eat as well yeah I like I said I I think that's what attracted uh, attracted me to your account I think just seeing those pictures I was like this look this looks super healthy like like you mentioned you know trying to select good fuel healthy fuel there's veggies there it's not like I never got the impression that you were the type of person that's like, Oh, I don't want to waste my, my, you know, space or my calories on veggies. Like let's just have the good stuff. Like you've really put a lot of intention into designing some really nutritious meals. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious if someone's listening and you know, they're just getting started in improving their health what might be a piece of advice having gone through the the journey that you have so far that you would give to them to help them along the way? Um, I would probably say, so for me, I always thought that having surgery was really drastic and out of reach and quite severe really. And I would probably just just say to someone, if, if you want to change something, like think about what it is you want to change and look at all the options available and don't rule anything out because you might surprise yourself and come across something that you thought was just completely unattainable but actually it it can work for you and it is achievable for you to do so yeah surgery if you think it's just too drastic I would recommend just researching right researching into it whether that is looking up hospitals Um, or just social media accounts or groups on Facebook and speak to people who have experienced it and gone through it because I don't think there's anything better than getting a personal account from someone because most people including me are happy to talk about like their weight loss journey and how it started how it's gone how it's going where you want to be Um, and you can get a lot of honest feedback from people um, and they'll tell you things that you may not have even you know considered or thought of um yeah and I I think just if it's something you want don't lose sight of it Mm. um and if it's if your weight or your health is holding you back just yeah I know it's easy to say but just like don't let it because you're worth more than that and that's what I have to keep saying to myself is um, from what my partner said is why why would you put up with having like a constant pain that now you don't even feel it it's like yeah why should I like I should um you know it's like I deserve to be healthy and happy yeah. um yeah. not that those two things necessarily go together but you know I should prioritize my health and nearly a year on and I feel so good um you know I can walk around for ages like you know do thousands of steps a day um not ache or notice don't get out of breath the quality of my sleep has drastically improved um I used to wake up a couple of times every night now I just sleep all the way through feel great when I wake up um just there's so many benefits like other than the physical you know it's nice losing weight and having like loads of old clothes fit again which is really good 
Um, but yeah, the health benefits are, are there. They're, they're massive. Awesome. Well, Natalie Moore, thank you so much for sharing your journey and sharing a little bit of your yourself with us today. Thanks for being here. Well, thank you for having me. It's been really good. Awesome. I want to thank Natalie so much for being here on the Begin Within podcast with us. Um, I am also going to link in the show notes. She gave me permission to um, put a link to her Instagram account. If you'd like to follow her work, you heard us talk a little bit about the types of things that she posts um, in her journey to continue to improve health and wellness. Um, you can connect with her and and as well um, see some of the things that she's eating for dinner um, along the way and see that there are so much intention behind the choices that she makes as she's you know creating good, healthful meals along the way. I want to go back a little bit and revisit some of the the gems again that she shared with us. Um, this journey now for her that's that's almost a year long, over a hundred pounds gone. Uh, and some really big changes, as she talked about, on the inside, as well as, of course, the outside. Um, did you notice what it was that, that got her in motion, that got her going in this journey? It was, it was almost as though, you know, initially, yeah, I should, I should do something about this. It's something that I want to take care of. And she, she tried a few things, but it wasn't until someone who cared about her said, why, why are you, aren't you taking better care of yourself? Essentially, right? And she realized that in a way, when it came to her health, she was neglecting herself even though, you know, she really felt like someone that, that took good care of herself. Uh, there was, um, there was, you know, some, some differences going on between what she was saying and what she was doing. And isn't that just a valuable source of motivation for all of us? But here's the thing. I think her example shows this is very hard for us to come to those conclusions for ourselves, by ourselves, oftentimes we need somebody to kind of call us out a little bit. And two things come up for me, right, as we're doing that is, first of all, can we put ourselves into a situation where someone feels comfortable maybe calling us out? Could we ask someone for feedback, someone that we care about? And here we are on the Begin Within podcast, we're talking about fitness and health and weight loss. Could could we create that type of an experience for ourselves on our own terms in a safe, you know, situation where we can ask someone we care about, how, how do you feel like I'm doing when it comes to taking care of myself? Um, and see, you know, if we can listen without being defensive and do, just like Natalie did with her experience, um, Take that with coming from a loving and caring person as, um, you know, an honest and sincere appraisal of how, of how we're doing. Um, could we create that situation? And, and of course, I think you, you can see the other kind of end of the spectrum is, is there someone in your life that you care about that maybe needs to hear something? like that. 
just a, a gentle, kind, loving message of, hey, I think you you could be taking better care of yourself. I really want that for you. How can I support you? You know, in episodes in the past, we talked about having someone on your side, someone to support you, and having some really open conversations about what it is that we personally want to accomplish, right? Hey, um, family, here's what I want to accomplish. I need you to help support me. Um, could we do that for, for someone else along the way? Uh, I, I felt like that was such a beautiful piece of the conversation and I, and I want to thank Natalie so much for for being open and sincere about that part of her journey um, the other thing I wanted to revisit was the conversation we had around hunger you know we talked about that and I loved her way of of explaining it and the, the way that she th- thinks about it for herself right um, head hunger versus body hunger and some of the the conversations that she has, you know, with herself around foods that she wants to eat, but she's just working very hard to be very intentional, right, about the things that she puts into her body in terms of food, nutrition, and fuel. And so I think that that's okay. Like that that struggle, like it's okay to have that. It's okay to have these conversations of, uh, do I really want that? Is now the right time? Um, there's a voice inside me saying I shouldn't have it. Well, that's interesting, right? Just, just there it is. Let's acknowledge it and let's continue to, with awareness, approach those little internal struggles that we all are going to have along the way as we um, work on improving health and fitness and we just deal with being real people in the real world, right? But I also loved her statement that there's something behind cravings. I thought that was such a a very specific but awesome thing to kind of take with us. When you do have a powerful craving, in her experience now, going through this journey, there's always something behind it. There's something else. It's not just simple, plain hunger, right? It's a powerful craving. It's powerful for a reason. So starting to uncover that a little bit. Discover what's behind it. Um, What an amazing part of the process for all of us when we can start to do that when 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 it comes to food, when it comes to craving, when it comes to hunger, head hunger versus body hunger, and just understanding ourselves better. You know, here she has made so much progress. She admitted she still has goals when it comes to weight loss, but Um, she's accomplished so much and she still admits that, hey, I'm working on this. And we all are, myself included. We're all working on it. It's never a process that's 100% complete, done. You did it. You graduated. It's over. We're all going to have these types of um, conversations (laughs) with ourselves. And then the final piece for all of us, Look at the community that you're part of. She mentioned, you know, the supportive bariatric community and um, being part of that. And not just now from the place that she's at, but how she benefited ahead of time from others who had gone before her. And she used um, the experiences that they went through and the things they were sharing to help 
to make decisions about what to do for herself. So uh, we've said this before on this show, but again, the lesson that's there for us is don't do this alone. Don't try to do this alone. Others are in the process too. Others are a little bit ahead of, of where you're at. And they're out there willing to, to help, willing to help share their journey with you, willing to help support you. So stop trying to do it by yourself and go find some support. And, and for so many of us too, it's, it's all around us, right? Friends, family, and we can intentionally add in more support by finding people who we know are going to help us to get from where we are now a little closer to where we'd like to be. Once again, I want to thank you so much for being here with me and with Natalie uh, this week on the Begin Within podcast. It would mean so much to me if you would just take 30 seconds and on your podcast player, rate and review the show if you could. And that just helps other people to be able to find it and to benefit from it. Thanks so much. I can't wait to talk to you again next week here on the Begin Within podcast. 